I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Dirk with the What up, what up? You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. This is Isaac. I am a contributor to Mavs.com, and I'm one of your co-hosts uh, of this Daily Mavericks podcast. I'm not joined by Nick Angstead today, my other co-host of the pod uh, from Free Dawkins' YouTube channel, as Nick is on vacation. If you listened to yesterday's pod, uh, I welcomed Dimes from Mavs Gaming uh, to the pod, and we talked about, man, their upcoming uh, playoff matchup to tomorrow on Wednesday against the Boston Celtics and uh, their gaming squad over there. And two games on Wednesday night. So uh, yesterday's pod was a little bit different because obviously we talked about the NBA 2K League and uh, Dimes is a great guy. They uh, The Mavs gaming team this year had an incredible season uh, with 12 wins. And now they go into the playoffs as this two seed. So uh, I'm glad Dimes, Dimes uh, made the time. He's super busy right now and uh, made the time to come on the pod and chat with me uh, about their big season and uh, what's ahead on Wednesday. So uh, shout out to Dimes for that. Uh, thanks for all the, uh, the fun feedback today uh, from that. So Kind of back to a little bit of normal today, a little bit of normal conversation, except you're just getting me today. So this is uh, this is just solo uh, me today for uh, for a bit because uh, the next two days uh, I'll have uh, my friend Tim Cato on the pod and uh, from The Athletic. Uh, so the very next two days uh, we'll have a, a kind of a two-part interview in which uh, I talk to Tim about everything in the Mavs uh, offseason that just happened over the past few weeks. And we talk about what happened in free agency, what did happen, the deals that were made, that wasn't made, uh, the whole Miami thing with Kelly Olenek and all of that. What happened in that? Uh, how confident was Dallas in getting Kimball Walker? What happened What happened with Patrick Beverly? Did Dallas even offer? Um, we talk about a lot of different things. And uh, Tim's a great guy. I'm glad he uh, could uh, hop on the pot for that. We've already recorded that and everything, so that's set ready to go for uh, your inboxes on Wednesday and Thursday of this week. As I said yesterday, we'll be taking Friday off this week. This is obviously normally a Monday through Friday pod, uh, but uh, I'll be out of town on Friday as Nick will still be on vacation. So uh, Friday, no pod on Friday. I'm sorry. Uh, Sorry, not sorry, but uh, I'll be out and um, we'll be back rolling on Monday. But Today I have a I have a few different topics I want to t- touch on today, and uh, the first one. Listen, I mentioned it yesterday because it's kind of funny. The Costas news that Costas Antetokounmpo was weighed by Dallas. It, it dropped while I was recording with Tim Cato for that podcast that's coming out on Wednesday or Thursday, uh, Wednesday and Thursday. And uh, so it's kind of funny. You'll hear that later on the week, and you'll be like, "Man, that actually happened days ago." So it might be a little confusing for you. Uh, but yeah, over the weekend, the Dallas Mavericks waived Costas, and you know Costas was signed back last year uh, to be a two-way player. Costas uh, and uh, Macon spent the whole season as the two-way players for Dallas, which was kind of a changeup because the year prior, 
we saw a couple, you know, a handful of different guys uh, go in and out of that two-way spot for Dallas and spent time with the legends and came up with the team. And Dallas really just utilized those two roster spots to bring in uh, different faces, different looks, uh, and help out with the roster wherever they could when injuries went down. This past year, completely different. We had Costas and Macon the entire season. And so going into the summer, we knew this was going to be a huge moment for both of those guys. Dallas spent a second-round draft pick on Isaiah Roby, this 6'9", athletic guy. Uh, And then we had these other guys, and Josh Reeves, who was signed to this Exhibit 10 deal. And with those Exhibit 10 deals, you sign them, and it can kind of transform into a two-way deal uh, if they really impress over the summer. Well, newsflash, Josh Reeves really impressed over the summer in Vegas. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, with his contract. They brought Antonius Cleveland back. Uh, to hang out in the summer in Vegas with the team. And uh, he played really well, I, th- I believed, over the summer. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, I think he uh, should get a, a training camp invite. So you have all these guys. And, and then, you know, you combine those guys, those new guys, with Costas and with Macon, who played in summer league also. And then it's like, all right, well, there's only so many spots. There's only so many training camp invites. Uh, right now, Dallas sets at 14 guaranteed contracts. So then the two the two two way spots, you know, was Macon and Costas. Dallas obviously waves uh, Costas over the weekend, opening up one of those two way spots. So now, as it currently sets, Dallas is setting on the 14 guaranteed contracts in one two way spot that is taken up at the moment by Daryl Macon. So. Dallas is going to figure what uh, you know, figure out how to um, how to fill the rest of these roster spots because you have another fifteenth spot and then you have five other spots for them, four other spots if you're not going to count Macon uh, to bring to training camp and they don't have to fill that guaranteed spot right now they don't have to fill that other two way spot right now that can be something to where they invite five more guys to camp you know this fall and say hey. You're fighting for one last guaranteed spot, and you're fighting for a two-way spot. And the same concept goes to Isaiah Roby. Even though Roby was a second-round draft pick, Roby can slide into a, you can sign him to a contract uh, like Jalen Brunson last year, who was also a second-round pick that got that immediate contract, and he was a guaranteed roster spot. Or Roby can slide into that two-way spot in which him and his agent would have to agree with that too, and. It's where obviously he would spend some time with the legends, you know, uh, this upcoming season. So we'll see. Uh, that's obvi- That's actually another question to ask Tim Cato uh, in our talk over the next couple of days. Uh, we talk about that 15th spot and uh, what he thinks Dallas should do and what they will do with that 15th spot. So make sure you listen over the next couple of days. So Costas obviously gets waived. Uh, kind of a bummer because a lot of us were... Um, I'd say heading into the summer, kind of hyped um, for, man, his development. Uh, he was, if I had to pick out one guy, I was really anxious about seeing this summer in Vegas. I wanted to see Costas because it was going to be a big, and obviously it was, like it was going to be a big uh, kind of tipping point for him of if he stepped foot on the court in Vegas for the Mavs. And, and let's just say he killed it. That would have been huge. You know, you're like, is is he going to get an actual roster spot? Is he going to stay on the two-way? 
and he really just didn't do that. And that was an unfortunate part, I would say, of of Vegas is seeing Kostas get out there, and he didn't really uh, jump off the page, jump off the screen, if you want to say, uh, as you would like. He missed a lot of threes, and he he just didn't uh, he just didn't have the full kind of leap that you would have wanted uh, from last season uh, to this summer. And so immediately after seeing a couple of games of Vegas, I got kind of worried as far as his spot uh, on this team. And uh, this obviously solidifies it with Dallas Wavening, which also brings a whole different aspect of it too, because when you wave a player, it goes to the way, you know, the waivers process in which other teams can uh, pick them, claim them off waivers, and it goes through an order in which teams can uh, teams can claim them. And I think news came out like maybe the same day that the Raptors, you know, they had already put it out there that they had planned on you know claiming him. I already seen it, like blogs written written on Raptors sites. I know their fan sided site had already written a thing about it. Of is this an early recruitment to Giannis, which is. <laughs> Kind of funny, but okay, so let me complete the timeline. Then uh, word comes out the next day, Shams tweets out and says, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers have claimed Costas. And I'm like, here we go. Because everything that Mavs fans have been saying over the past year is, man, this is our end. This is this is it. We're getting Giannis. We have Costas. We planted the seed. This is what Dallas does. We signed Jaleel Cousins, even though it didn't really work. Um we got the little brother. Hey, Seth Curry, cool. Uh, but Costas, this was our our shot in a couple years. Giannis, all this different stuff. Mavs fans, we've heard it, we've seen it, we've tweeted it. It's all about like that's that was our angle. Then the Lakers claiming, and man, you can't even go to like a Lakers blog or any Lakers Twitter account. It, that's all they're saying right now. Oh, Giannis. 2021, Giannis to, to LA. Let's go. I'm like, hey, we've we've been there, done that. Like we we've been like this is. I kind of feel bad for Kostas because like wherever he goes now, uh, because you know the other brother is with um, is with Giannis in Milwaukee right now. So now Kostas goes to the Lakers, and this is literally all we're gonna hear about. Um, I I wish Kostas nothing but the best, man. He's 21. He's still super raw. Uh, so I hope they give him the shot there. Uh, especially with their G League team and developing him, I hope he turns out good. Uh, so we'll see what happens with uh, with Kostas in, in LA. I'm happy for him. Um, can we talk about USA basketball? What's going on? Like what? I feel like every single like I don't know every single day I'm seeing like a couple of different guys that have been uh, that are that are dropping out for. You know who's who's about to uh, play in this FIBA World Cup this coming up summer, and I seen on ESPN. I think it was earlier today. ESPN had a, a semi debate on it. Of is this worrisome? Like, should we be worried or concerned or anything on the players that are dropping out uh, for playing uh, on this team? And you know, so it's obviously it's not the Olympics. So that I mean, that's the first thing you have to just realize that the FIBA World Cup is not the Olympics. The Olympics uh, to these guys is a bigger stage, and to be one of those twelve men on an Olympic team uh, for the chance to win a gold medal at uh, an Olympics uh, that is that's huge to them. So well, I do realize that it is isn't the same stage of the Olympics, but you do wonder. I mean, you see. Some of the biggest names in the game, they're all backing out 
from the summer, from you know Kawhi to Anthony Davis to James Harden to you know Steph, and all of them have their reasons. You know the the Steph Curry one. Hey, you get that? I mean, the dude's been in a finals since he was in like high school. It feels like so. I mean, you get it. Like he's gonna. Hey, I need a summer off. He wants to hang out with his family and film Infinity commercials with GoPros in his car. I get that. Okay, he needs the break. Um, <clears throat> Harden, I don't know what kind of break he needs. I mean, you gotta, I don't know. You gotta get to June to get a break, I guess. But, um, but yeah, I guess he wants a break too. He's got to adjust to playing with Russell Westbrook because, Hey, when you're going to shoot the ball less and you got to play with Russ, you need all the time you can to adjust to playing with Russ and AD, I guess the same way he's got it. Maybe he's got a film with space jam. He, he's got more time. Uh, well, I guess he doesn't have time to do team USA stuff. It's when you start going down the line, like the big names you, you kind of get, like, you're like, okay, Hey, you're so big. You're going to be in the Olympics. Like you're automatic guys. Like James Harden, when the Olympics come, come around, like he's an automatic lock to be on the team. Okay. So I get that. It's the next tier guys that I'm like curious about of why you pull out <clears throat> Eric Gordon. Why are you pulling out CJ McCollum? Why are you back? Like, Bradley Bill, I guess I guess you put him in the same like Bradley Bill, Tobias Harris backing out of it too. Like you guys are not like locks for like this would be my chance. Like I if I'm I could be reading this completely wrong, but like if I'm like Tobias or I am CJ McCollum or you know one of these guys, like I'm this is my shot. You know if the if the guys above me that are roster locks are backing out, I'm kind of viewing this. And you're not a team that made it to the finals and has been to the finals for years, like a Steph or something like that. Like I don't, I would be, I feel like I would be begging for this opportunity and that they're pulling their name out and they're not even going to the camp. Uh, I, yeah, I'm like, hey, cool, like to each their own on that. But it, it is a little um, confusing to me of understanding that. But then you look at, so these are the names that are currently left. There are 16 players, <coughs> excuse me, that, that would be going to training camp for Team USA. And right now, this is what we're looking at. We're looking at Harrison Barnes. Let's go, HB. Uh, Andre Drummond, Kimball Walker. Damian Lillard is still on the fence. We got to see what he's going to decide. Uh, there's rumblings that he might pull out too. You have Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry, um, who recently just had a thumb surgery. <clears throat> By the time you listen to this, some of, some of these guys might have already pulled out. So Chris Middleton, Miles Turner, Kyle Kuzma, Brooke Lopez, Paul Millsap, Jason Tatum, PJ Tucker, Donovan Mitchell, Marcus Marcus Smart, and Thad Young. Those guys are just mentioned as being like invited like to date. Uh, or on Monday as I'm recording this. It's no shots to Thad Young and Marcus Smart, but like these are guys that are getting invited to come to this training camp. Ultimately, that roster will be, um, it's going to be cut down to 12 by the, in, by the end of that, um, by the end of training camp. But yeah, I'm just curious. I, I'm not like overly concerned that, you know, our, that this will continue through the Olympics, but it's the middle tier guys that I would want to be fighting uh, for that. If I'm the CJ McCollum, Tobias Harris, those guys, and even this one, man, however you want to view this, but Zion backing out, Zion got the invite and then he's backing out to focus on uh, adjusting to being a pro in new Orleans, all this stuff. I actually kind of get that more than I get a mid tier, almost all-star type of player in the league. 
Um, but to each their own. I get the long season, 82-game season. Maybe this puts another um, spotlight on that to where we've heard that mentioned a lot. I just listened to Bill Simmons talk about it on, on that on his podcast. Um, <clears throat> back, I, I felt like listen, if you listen to Bill Simmons, he on his latest podcast, he was uh, describing like his fix, he air quote fix to the NBA season, and he was revamping the whole calendar. And I felt like that like meme to where the guy's sitting there adding up all these math equations, he was throwing so many numbers out and like trying to explain, like it was too uh complicated, uh, how he was explaining it on the podcast, but. The one of the biggest questions right now is can we get out of the 82 game season? Can we lower the games? And when you start looking at how many minutes these guys are playing from an 82 game regular season, then going into the playoffs, deep into the playoffs, the finals, consecutive finals, <clears throat> is there anything that you know they can do about that? Will these guys pulling out of Team USA? And if people are asking for their reasoning and their their reasoning is, hey, these seasons are so long, we want to save our bodies. And I get that. That is the argument I do get. And if they're looking, looking at it and say, look at Paul George. Look at what happened with Paul George. We're not guaranteed anything. And we're playing these long seasons anyway. So I get the player's argument about it too. <clears throat> I just know that it, uh, the fact that some of the middle tier guys are backing out. That's the part I, I'm. I'm really. Uh, I'm wondering too. I want to see some pieces written about it, some interviews, and to hear each of these guys' reasonings. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about some odds that just came out. All right, I'm back. Just finished talking about USA basketball. I mean, heck, at this point, campaign campaign might be invited. Um, and dang, if campaign uh, turns the invite down. Trey Young might be invited, but let's look at some odds. So, so some betting odds came out over the past couple of weeks, and uh, some of these are even a few days ago of like win totals for this upcoming season. I saw some MVP odds that were thrown out there, and which Luca is on the list, which is fun to talk about. Um, but on bet betonline.ag, there are, there are. Um, Divisions, and they look at the divisions for uh, the NBA, and they put some odds on them. And I want to actually go through some of these divisions because some of them I find very interesting. And if I was a betting man, I would put uh, if well, if I had enough spare money to put bets down, that would be the key. Um, some of these I find really interesting. So looking at the Atlantic Division in the East, um, obviously the low, <laughs> the Knicks, the Knicks are in this division. Okay, they. Have, they're a plus 10,000 to win the division. Plus 10,000, okay? So the Sixers are plus 110 to win the division. That's obviously the best odds in, in that division. Uh, after them, they have the Celtics and then the Raptors uh, and then the Nets. They have the Raptors and the Nets both both at plus 450, I just don't see. Uh, okay, this is my this is my first disagreement. I don't see the Raptors and this current Nets team without Kevin Durant with the same odds, because you're swapping out Kyrie with D'Angelo Russell, and I just I I know Kawhi left the Raptors. I know Danny Green left the Raptors, but I guess I maybe I, I can get when Nick comes back, we can debate this and see if he'll put a put a board bet down on I think the Raptors will have more wins this season than the Brooklyn Nets but 
Uh, anyway, I agree with the rest. I think the Sixers uh, should be the top. I mean, really, this is kind of looking at most of the top teams in the East outside the Bucks. But and then the Celtics after that, the plus two seventy five uh, for second in that division. But moving now to the Central Division, man, here's a good one. The Cavs are a plus fifteen thousand to uh, to win that division. Yeah, if you want to go for that. Uh, see if they're gonna they're gonna win that division. The Milwaukee Bucks are minus four hundred to win that division. Uh, I'd say they're the clear favorites to win that division. Uh, outside of that, then the Pacers are a plus three fifty. Then the Bulls at a well, no, it's then the Pistons at a plus sixteen hundred and the Bulls at a plus five thousand. Um, I don't have a disagreement with anything in in this division. The Bucks should uh, be a minus four hundred at that, but. Let's move down to the, the Northwest Division in the... Actually, no, let's move to the Southeast Division in the East. This one's kind of interesting to me. The Hornets are a are plus 2,500. So this is interesting to me because this division sucks. So the, the odds are so different on this because the teams in the division are the Hawks, Hornets, Heat, Magic, and Wizards. So the, the Hornets are the are the worst odds in here at the plus twenty five hundred, but then you have the Wizards at a plus sixteen hundred, possibly probably the two worst teams in the league, uh, the Hornets and the Wizards. Then after that, you have the Atlanta Hawks at a plus seven hundred, and then the Magic at a plus two hundred, and then the Miami Heat at a minus twenty five. This is a bet that I th- I'm, I might go on, and I know I made a trade jo- a Trey Young Young joke a little bit ago. But Trey Young is is pretty dang good, okay? Uh, definitely not Lucas level. We've went over this a thousand times on this podcast before. But the Hawks being at a plus seven hundred to win this division, and their biggest competitions, the Magic and the Heat. I don't think it's that unheard of. I don't think it's that big of a difference. Uh, I don't think the Hawks make the playoffs this year. But I don't know if it is a plus 700 compared to the Miami Heat at a minus 125. I know they got Jimmy Butler and Butler and Dragic and Bam and those guys. Like, they're good. I think they'll be in the playoffs, okay? They should have better odds than than the Hawks. I'm not disagreeing with that. But I don't think it's that unheard of. And I don't think it's that big of a difference. Um, Orlando at the plus 200. Even or hmm, Okay, well, I might be stretching too far, but... Orlando's at a plus 200. The Hawks at a plus 700. Would you bet your life? Would you bet your house right now? Would you bet? Would you put your house down that the Magic would have a better record than the Hawks this season? I don't know if I'd do my house. I think I would. I don't know. I think I would do like my lawnmower, but I don't know. It's that. Once again, I think the Magic have a better record than the Hawks, but. I don't know. I might be over hyping the Hawks at this point, which is kind of funny, but oh well. Um, that division kind of surprised me. Let's we'll just leave it at that. Uh, let's look at the North. Huh, let's look at the Northwest Division in the West. Northwest Division in the West. Uh, the Thunder at a plus two thousand at last place in that division. Sure, leave that alone. I guess they're going to keep Chris Paul. We have no clue. I can't tell if the if the Thunder, if Presti and them are just playing 
uh, seeing if somebody will call her bluff. And they're just like, hey, no, we'll keep Chris Paul. <clears throat> I mean, at this point, they're probably looking at it and saying, hey, we'll just keep him until December 15th, and surely somebody will give us something for him. But um, have fun in OKC, Chris Paul. The Timberwolves are a plus fourteen hundred, and then keep on going up. The Blazers, this this one's actually kind of wild to me, guys. The Blazers are a plus six hundred to win this division, because then you have the Nuggets at a plus one seventy five, and then the Jazz at a plus one hundred. Obviously, the Jazz, Blazers, and Nuggets in this division are big time teams. The Blazers. Uh, beat the Nuggets last year in the playoffs to reach the Western Conference Finals. Uh, where yeah, they got beat by the Warriors, um, uh, pretty good, but they still made it to the Western Conference Finals, and now they come back this year and they're a plus six hundred uh, to win this division. Another bet that if I had a lot of spare money on, I would contemplate <clears throat> the Utah Jazz. On paper, I feel like they're the most fun team for people because. You know, they obviously got Mike Conley and Boyan. They added vet guys on the bench in Ed Davis and Emmanuel Moutier and Jeff Green. Um, they're bringing back, you know, most of their guys and, you know, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles. Uh, I'm still, I'm st- guys, I'm still there. I'm still on the Dante Exum Island. All right. I have a little tent. <clears throat> I sold my tent on Wiggins Island. I think I'm all the way out. I know I've been I've said that on this pod a, a handful of times. I've I've still took up for Andrew Wiggins. I think I'm fully off. I sold my tent, my cot, my everything. I might have a no, I don't have a flag. I, I'm I'm off of that island. But I'm still a believer in Dante Exum. I think he I think I still think he has a solid, solid role in this league. But Anyway, I get the Jazz love. It has they have, like I get everything about that on paper, and I think they'll be really good. I'm not taking, and they should be favored to win this division. I get that. Well, actually, no, they shouldn't. I think the Nuggets should should be favored to win this division. But the fact that the Jazz are a plus 100 and the Portland Trailblazers are a plus 600 is still kind of wild to me. Even though uh, the Bla- now the Blazers lost Cantor, so that could just describe it all. Um, no, it shouldn't at all, okay? Because they still have Lillard and McCollum. Uh, they brought back, you know, Nurkic will be coming back at some point. And, guys, they got Hassan Whiteside. Let's go. I mean, he could be most improved player award. Let's throw that out there. Let's just put that out there in the universe um, if he gets to play. No, this will be one of those situations to where it, it sh- this should be just like, okay, man, this is, I haven't even thought about this until now. This should be just like Brooklyn Nets fans, okay? If you're a Nets fan listening to this podcast, which you're probably not, you should be pissed every single time towards the end of games when DeAndre Jordan is getting more minutes than Jared Allen. This should be the same case in Portland. If Hassan Whiteside's averaging like, I don't know, 27 minutes a game and Zach Collins is averaging like 13, I'm rioting. Like we're rioting in Portland. I would I need to just drive up or fly up to Portland to riot with you if Zach Collins free Zach Collins at that point. So that's my only worry is Hassan Whiteside's gonna get all these minutes over Zach Collins. And I think they should be developing him more. I'm still believe I'm a believer in Zach Collins. But anyway, um, I didn't, yeah, I don't like the, uh, well, from a betting perspective, I guess I, I would entertain the that Blazers bet at a plus 600, but 
Uh, let's look at this specific division with the Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, Suns, Kings. The Suns are a plus 25,000 to win this division. 25,000 plus 25,000. Um, not 2,500 plus 25,000. Um, <coughs> yeah, I got a cough at that one because that one's pretty crazy. After that, the Kings are a plus 5,000 to win that division, which is crazy because they were uh, almost a playoff team last year, and now they're plus 5,000 to win the division. It's not really about them. It's about the other teams in the division. But then the Warriors are a plus 450 to win the division. The Lakers are a plus 225, and the Clippers are a minus 150. Clippers are uh, favored to win this division. Um, the Lakers are plus two twenty five. Here's your here's your thing, and it's not like rocket science. People's talking about this a lot right now, but the Los Angeles Clippers stuff. I mean, there's a realistic shot that one is Paul George one hundred percent healthy on day one, and two is Kawhi going to play like sixty games again? Because if Kawhi plays sixty games, I mean, what? What does this team look like without a Kawhi? They're still a pretty good team. I mean, if you have Paul George and Beverly and all those different guys, um, is it worth them being minus 150 compared to the Lakers at plus 225? <clears throat> you take a step further and say, hey, what if the Lakers, I mean, you consider Anthony Davis's injury history. What if you know, LeBron rests like Kawhi did last year? And what if LeBron plays like 60, 65 games? Uh, what if you have your question marks about Paul George and Kawhi, like I just said? Now, what if you took that Warriors bet at plus 450? Even though they're missing Clay, if you think that D'Angelo could step into 60% of Clay, 70% of Clay, and as far as offense goes, obviously not their defense, but, and you think Steph's going to have like an MVP type season, now he's going to, I mean, it's just unleash Steph and Draymond in a contract year that I don't think a ton of people are talking about right now. I hear people talking about the Warriors a lot, and they bring up Steph and D'Angelo just like I did first. Uh, but Draymond being in a contract year, are we going to get the, hey, I'm 20 pounds less from the playoffs Draymond all year, and he just kills it because he wants to get that big payday? I don't know. That plus 450 for the Warriors um, to win that division, I know it's a little risky. No, I wouldn't take it. I still think take the Clippers, maybe even the Lakers. I think AD is going to have just a monster season. And uh, I can admit that on this pod because Nick's on, not on here. And if he was on here, it'd just be super annoying to tell him a Lakers going to do good. But all right, last division, the Mavs division, the Southwest division. We have the Memphis Grizzlies at plus 10,000, plus 10,000. After that, you have the Pelicans at a plus 1,400. After that, you have your Dallas Mavericks at a plus 700, the Spurs at a plus 400, and the Rockets at a minus 250 to win the division. Man, that minus 250 for the Rockets to win this division is strong. I mean, I think, okay, I know I've, I've been on this podcast saying that they'll be fine, they'll be good, they'll bring back a lot of the guys, but that minus 250 to win the division over the Spurs team who's bringing um, – pretty much everybody back and they're just so consistent and they're bringing DeJounte Murray, a healthy DeJounte Murray back who Nick just did an amazing video on him, by the way, we're both super high on DeJounte Murray. So, uh, he like texts it to me as soon as he's done because he knows how much I like Murray. And anyway, that rockets minus two fifty is, uh, that's strong. So that plus that Spurs plus 400. I don't want to, I don't even, 
Well, I would never bet on the Spurs or Rockets, so let's just get off that for a second. Um, let's take a quick... Oh, man. Yeah, let's take a quick break, and then I want to cover a couple more betting odds, and then uh, I'll wrap up. I've already went like 30 minutes by myself, but um, yeah, let's take a quick break real quick. All right, I'm back. I put the ads in there. I don't even know if they play half the time, but we insert the ads. Sometimes we say, let's take a break, and then I say I'm back, and then no ads play, and it just throws everybody off. Um, also... Now I got to address this right now. Yesterday, I uploaded the audio, okay? And it played just out the left ear. I woke up, had all these tweets, and was like, Huh, we know who edits the podcast now. It's Nick. uh, Because Nick's on vacation, and now you do one, and it sucks. Guys, newsflash, Nick did the same mistake a few weeks ago, okay? So get off my back. Uh, But no, yeah, that's my fault. And Nick is really good at editing. I suck at it, but... Uh, it was my fault. I had to go in and change something. I hate when it does that. So I'm glad you let me know. I need to know. And um, that was like literally the first thing this morning. I, I was laying in bed and uh, I tell my wife, I'm like, I go go to my computer. I'm like half asleep and I'm reading y'all's uh, tweets at me. And another thing, when you listen to the podcast, a lot of you subscribe, which is amazing. But when you subscribe, it also it obviously downloads it to your phone, which is awesome. That's what helps us get paid. So uh, to do this podcast, which is amazing. Uh, thank you for subscribing. It downloads the version that was previously posted. So when I fix it, you have to cancel. You have to like wipe that out of your library, then re-download it, re-download the like new version. Some people can't comprehend that because I fixed it. And I said, I, and I would say, Hey, I fixed it. People were still coming at me and saying, no, it still it still isn't fixed, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, you got to re-download. And so it sucks. I'm sorry. My fault. I'm Hopefully this pod is coming through both of years at this point. Um, so, yeah, that's my fault. Nick is the master uh, at editing. But real quick, win total. So on the actionnetwork.com, uh, they put out there uh, just the other day, uh, as of June, July 19th, so just a handful of days ago, they put out there the, the win total odds, or not really odds, uh, projected win totals for this upcoming season. And they have this chart in which it's like from points bet, fan duel, draft kings, and then they even have a points bet in which it opened at, and then a, what a current points bet is at right now. So <clears throat> they have what the Western Conference, what they project the Western Conference to and the East, but I'm just going to talk about the West, what they project uh, the win totals and kind of how the records to line up in the West uh, this upcoming season. So at the first spot, they have the Clippers, which is a kind of a natural uh, team to put up there. I wouldn't put the Clippers at one. Uh, I think they're title favorites, but I don't think they're regular season win uh, number one win favorites. I didn't word that right, but you get the point. Um, well, I'll talk about later, you know, different pod who Nick and I will do our projections or our predictions for this upcoming season, but they have the Clippers, uh, let's just use a points bet, uh, or whatever points bet they have them at, at first at 55 and a half wins. Uh, then they have the jazz right after them at 53 and a half. Uh, then after that, they have the rockets and then the Lakers, then the Nuggets, Warriors, Spurs, and Blazers. Um, so for fifty win teams, they think that, or they put the uh, they put the, just the win total uh, at the Clippers at fifty five and a half, Jazz at fifty three and a half, Rockets at fifty two and a half, the Lakers at fifty one and a half, and the Nuggets at fifty one and a half. Lakers and Nuggets both at fifty one and a half. I think I would take. 
the over on that Lakers. I mean, on that Nuggets number for sure. I think there is something to say about the continuity part of Denver bringing almost everybody back and not just bringing everybody back, but now they're adding a healthy Michael Porter Jr., which I don't even know what you want to say about that because he hasn't played at all. So, I mean, he's at least going to be a body off the bench. But then they're bringing Jeremy Grant in for basically free uh, by not losing play. So literally have Millsap, Jeremy Grant, Michael Porter Jr., all kind of in that four spot. Uh, I get that they might try to roll Michael Porter Jr. out of the threesome, but I think he's more of a four. But anyway, after the Nuggets, like I said, they had the Warriors, uh, Spurs, and Blazers. The Blazers got kind of like their eighth spot at the 45 and a half wins is interesting. Uh, I'm already seeing a trend. I guess people are down on the Blazers. Um, I don't know, man. I guess Mo Harkless was huge for him. But um, Evan Turner, man, <sighs> massive. And, and Cantor, uh, I get all. I guess I get all of it. Um, anyway, I don't know. I got to look into that more because people are more down on the Blazers than I am, I guess. But the Mavericks. So last year, Dallas ended with 33 wins. What a great season uh, that we all remember. Uh, we just remember that as the, the last Dirk season, not for basketball besides Luka. Mavericks, they have them set at 40 and a half wins. Okay. That's the ninth spot on here on their win totals because after the Mavericks, they had the Pelicans at 39 and a half, like a win uh, behind them. The difference between the Mavericks and the Blazers, the Blazers at that like eighth spot at that 45 and a half wins. Dallas, what a drop off to Dallas at that ninth spot at 40 and a half. And I feel like that's where a, a decent amount of people are at right now in um, nationally at cutting off or trying to tier these these teams in the West. And I, I feel like a lot of people right now predicting the uh, playoffs in the West pro- project at these eight teams in whatever order you want to say. And then after those eight teams, you have the Mavericks, you have the Pelicans, um, however you want to think about the Thunder, um, Kings and Timberwolves and those guys. So <clears throat> we'll talk more about where we stand. Uh, Cause I want Nick on this podcast where we'll talk about kind of, um, Dallas heading to the season and playoffs and where they can be at with other teams. I will kind of echo what I said the other day when I was with Nick and we were talking about just Dallas's playoff hopes. And I know it's cliche to say, but everything hinges on just how good, Porzingis and Luca will be this season. This isn't a how good is Tim Hardaway going to be or how good is Seth Curry going to be or whatever. This team will be carried by those two guys. And we've seen what dynamic, amazing top 20 talent duos in the league can do or top 30, however you want to say. We've seen what CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, uh, have done in, in Portland and taken this team. I know they've had Nurkic and some other guys. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about after the Aldridge, uh, Batum, Wes Matthews, uh, after that team. We've had this duo of McCollum and, and Damian Lillard who has who have taken this team uh, to the playoffs every single year. And if KP and Luka can get on the same page fairly quick and they can both have amazing seasons, it's not out of the realm for them to be uh, in that lower half of the Western Conference playoffs. It's just, it's hard. I've said it a thousand times before. It's so hard to predict the Mavericks this year because it's hard to predict Kristaps Porzingis. 
everything looks like he's going to be perfectly fine. He's going to be good. And they're going to have, uh, you know, a quote load management thing for him. Tim Cato actually drops a little nugget over the next few days on this podcast on uh, kind of a game uh, number that he could be missing. And I thought that was really interesting and kind of what their plan going forward with him. But anyway, I just, uh, yeah, I, the drop off even in these projected win totals or the you know these lines at you know Portland at that A spot being or if whoever's at the A spot let's just not even say Portland that A spot being at that like 45 and a half and if there will be a five game difference between the eighth and the ninth spot and uh that's interesting and uh, it's interesting they have the Dallas they have Dallas above you know the Kings Pelicans and all those next teams uh, because I would agree I think uh, Dallas is above or at least at the top of that of that group of those teams and, and then your question really gets into I think at that point I would have the Blazers over the Spurs and Warriors I think it, then it is can they fight with the Spurs and Warriors and you know you never know what injuries take place at that point either because some of these teams you know up through there is an injury away from just dropping out you could have said that last year about the Jazz of saying man what if Donovan Mitchell got hurt or what if Rudy Gobert got hurt like if one of those guys went down man they would drop quick Uh, but now if one of those guys went down they would be fine like they'd probably hold their ground same would go if the Rockets you know if they lost Westbrook they would probably hold their ground you know or um, well, I don't want to say James Harden, but um, at least Russ would have more shooters around him compared to the OKC days. Uh, same with the Clippers. Um, the Clippers, we're going to probably see, you know, Kawhi sitting out. Like, they'll be fine without Kawhi. So I think the Warriors would be interesting if Steph went down. What would the Warriors look like without Steph and Clay with a team uh, of young guys around uh, D'Angelo Russell and Draymond? I think that would be interesting. What would the Spurs look like? I actually think the Spurs could with you know withstand uh, an injury to one of their DeRozan or Aldridge either. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Denver. Denver, if they lost Jokic for some time, man, that would be huge for them. But um, we'll see what Dallas does with that. Last thing I want to mention is those MVP odds, and then uh, we'll get out, get out of here on your uh, marvelous Tuesday. So, uh, also on the Action Network, they put out there. Uh, Caesars Palace put out the MVP odds, the opening MVP odds heading to next season. Uh, we have Giannis at the very top spot at a plus 300. After Giannis, we have James Harden at a plus 350, which I thought was kind of interesting. But when you think about the MVP award, outside of the fluke dumb season, which people voted for Russell Westbrook and saying, hey, cool, we got a triple-double, his team letting get rebounds, and now we're going to give him an MVP award. But Outside of that, you normally need to be in the top one or two seeds of your conference. So James Harden, can he lead the Rockets to one of those top seeds in the West? I think it's very, very doable because of kind of the continuity on that team. Uh, obviously, it hinges on Russell Westbrook and all that stuff. But Harden at that plus 350. Kawhi Leonard at a plus 600. This only <clears throat> The only reason this is at a plus 600 is because they, like everybody else, project him to set out a bunch of games. If Kawhi came out and said, I'm doing no load management, I'm playing 80 games this year, barring something happening, I would uh, I would bet that his MVP odds would uh, go up higher than this. Steph Curry at a plus 600, that one's interesting to me. I think there is a storyline out there for him to uh, win the MVP this year. What would it take for Steph? If Steph led the Warriors to home court advantage in the Western Conference... He would have to get, man, that would be, anyway. Um, 
Anthony Davis after Anthony Davis and LeBron James had a plus seven hundred. Please get out of here. Anthony Davis should uh, have a little bit higher odds than that. And <clears throat> I know y'all give me heck about LeBron and the whole like I dislike LeBron. I'm not the biggest fan of LeBron. Duh, I, you get that if you've been listening to this podcast. But um, I just don't see him winning MVP over AD. I could come back to bite me, but uh, it be- only because only because. Of I think he'll set out. It's not a uh, it's not a talent or anything like that. I just think he he's entered the stage in her career in his career. I think it's the smartest for him and to not go for the MVP. He he should. You know, I think he'll just be focused on titles at this point. And the best way for him to get another title is him probably playing that sixty five game mark and then hey uh, going to the playoffs pretty healthy. Uh, let AD AD super super young. Let him play these games, and I think he could have a killer season. Uh, but going out through there after that, uh, then you have three players at a plus uh, one thousand: Jokic, Towns, and Embiid. <clears throat> Towns being on the list is kind of interesting because Minnesota is not going to get close to one of those top spots in the West. Then you have two guys at a plus eighteen hundred: Russell Westbrook and Paul George, which is uh, kind of interesting. And then you have three guys. With plus three thousand odds to win the MVP on this list, <clears throat> those three guys are Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard, and Luka Doncic. If you just do your uh, quick math, there's three, six, nine, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Um, if you just do your quick math right there, and even if you put Luka as your uh, as the lower of those three, which he is uh, on these MVP odds of Kyrie and Damian Lillard, he has right now the 14th best odds to win the MVP award this year. Whatever you want to say into that or read into that, you can on where he kind of stands in this league. Now, um, I will say John Wall's on this list too, so however you want to say that, this is on the Action Network. Uh, I wonder if they know about John Wall. But he has higher MVP odds than Blake Griffin, Donovan Mitchell, um, any of these other guys, Kimball Walker, D'Angelo Russell, Ben Simmons, all this different stuff. I mean, those they have some pretty high odds down there towards the bottom. But um, I just think that speaks about who Luka is as a player, how the league views him, how the league thinks that he's going to lead this Dallas team. Um if for him to be in the MVP conversation, man, that might be a good podcast segment. What would it take for Luca to be in the MVP conversation? I say that because the other day, if you listen to Zach Lowe and Kevin Arnovitz on the Low Post podcast, they talked about uh, Dallas, and it was a really good conversation. But uh, Arnovitz throws out there, he's like, "Man, what if Luca takes this huge next step?" And you know, February next year, we're talking about Luca Doncic in that fifth spot in the MVP vote. I'm like, "Oh my gosh." Uh, yes, Mavs fans just are all smiling right now. Uh, but anyway, that would take a crazy season from Luka. Not saying he's not capable of it because he is, and I'm like, super excited to watch him play. But it shows the league respects him and uh, that we could have a monster season of Luka coming up pretty soon. Guys, I just went over 40 minutes talking about myself. My mouth is about to <coughs> die. I have uh, this water next to me. I've almost drank all my water, but... Uh, this is your only solo pod for me this week. I know it's weird. It's weird for me, uh, but I, I wanted to get something out. And uh, I have, like I said before, I have Tim Kato from The Athletic the next two days. 
Uh, so your Wednesday and Thursday pod is with him. Uh, I'm super uh, pumped for that. Super pumped for y'all to uh, to hear that. And then we'll be back on Monday. Um, yeah, be back on Monday. Have a few things planned for the beginning of the week. I know I mentioned yesterday I've been talking to a Mavs player and uh, thought, thought I was going to get him for today's podcast a few days ago of the record over the weekend. But he was busy uh, doing some other things. So uh, we'll see. And uh, we're, uh, yeah. Hopefully we can get him for next week, but uh, we'll see after that. Have some other things planned too, but thanks for listening to yesterday. Go back to yesterday, listen to my conversation with Dimes. If you haven't, um, meet today, cater in the next two days. Remember, we're off on Friday. Peace out. Boom.